This episode of Geeks Crossing is brought to you by today's sponsor, Anchor. Ever wanted to start a podcast but can't find the right platform to work with? Don't worry, Anchor has you covered. Anchor is a free audio app that allows you to record a podcast on any device no matter where you are. Anchor includes an editing feature that allows you to customize your podcast, whether it be on your computer or mobile device, so you can easily omit any errors or unnecessary parts. Anchor also allows you to distribute your podcast to other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or even Google Podcasts, which is amazing. Did I mention the part about making money? No? Well, you could be earning money every time someone listens to your podcast with no minimum listenership. If that's not the easiest way to make a podcast, I don't know what is. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Some of you might be confused by the title of this episode. Yes, today I'm talking about the once heavily requested Pokemon Z. And no, this isn't an official title by Game Freak, but let me explain. Since the very beginning, Game Freak started a trend where they released enhanced versions of their titles. For Pokemon Red and Blue, they released Pokemon Yellow. For Gold and Silver, it was Crystal. Ruby and Sapphire, there was Emerald, obviously. Lastly, Diamond and Pearl gave us Platinum, which was sadly the last one of the enhanced versions of past Pokemon titles. Game Freak ended that trend in Generation 5 by giving us Black 2 and White 2 instead of Pokemon Grey, the supposed enhanced version of Pokemon Black and White. So much hate. Then, in Generation 6, many of us strongly believed that Game Freak was going back to that trend, because in 2015, early 2016, the Pokemon XYZ series was airing its last season called XYZ, and Zygarde, the legendary who was going to be the main focus, was also gained two new forms, such as its Cell form, its 10% form, and Completed form. All these facts solidified the chance of the next Pokemon game being called Pokemon Z. However, Game Freak decided to dupe us and instead move on to Generation 7 with Sun and Moon where all the Zygarde forms were moved to. I didn't have an issue with this at first, but after playing through Sun and Moon, Zygarde felt very out of place in Alola. The whole Zygarde plotline could have worked at its own game when you really think about it. Then I thought to myself, if Pokemon Z did exist, how would it work out? Hence the existence of this episode. I'll be sharing with all of you how I think Pokemon Z would have been like if Game Freak actually made it. Remember, this is just me giving my opinions and to solidify how much of a Pokemon geek I am. <laughs> I'm Eric from Geeks Crossing, and this is the concept for Pokemon Z. Let's start with the story. It will pretty much be the same stories with X and Y. You're a new trainer going on a journey to become the very best. You get to choose on the three starters from Kalos, those being the Grass-type Chespin, the Fire-type Fennigan, or the Water-type Froakie. Help Professor Sycamore with the mystery of Mega Evolution, and stop Team Flare from recreating the whole world. The only difference is that Zygarde's going to be the focus in trying to recreate the world, just like in the anime. So throughout the journey, you'll learn more about Zygarde and collect all its cells that's being scattered around Kalos. Essentially the same thing you did in Sun and Moon with the Zygarde cells. AZ will still be involved as Team Flare needs him to create the ultimate weapon. Of course, they're going to use the energy from Zygarde to power up this time. After collecting about 50 cells, players will be able to catch Zygarde, likely before the 8th gym. Also, before I forget, I'm not including any new Megas in this concept. Believe me, I want to see new Mega forms as much as the next Pokemon fan. But I'd rather keep things simple by only including the Megas from X and Y, as well as Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Now let's move on to the teams each character will use, starting with the rivals if you want to call them that. The one rule that I have for the teams is that each rival needs one Mega. It always irked me that the main rivals only use Mega Evolution in X and Y. For Callum slash Sharina, their team is the starter that's strong against your choice, Meowstic, gender will differ depending on which protagonist you're playing as, Mega Lucario, either Leafeon, Flareon, or Vaporeon, again depending on your starter choice, Altaria, and Clefable. 
This is pretty much their teams from X and Y, but with minor changes. I decided to give them Lucario instead of Absol because the latter really doesn't seem to fit them that much. Also, I think it'll be interesting if you and your rival will get a Mega Lucario by the time you reach the lower city. Sorry for the spoilers in case some of you haven't played through Gen 6. It never made sense to me that the two evolved their Eevee into Jolteon if you pick Chespin, so I'm giving them Leafeon instead to make more sense with the type parallelism. Next up, we have the infamous trio of Shauna, Tierno, and Trevor. Just for a heads up, I'm not giving them 6 Pokemon because they're not important rivals, so the best I can do is give them 5, which oddly became a trend for most secondary rivals within the series. Shauna's team is the starter that's weak to your choice, Delcaddy, Slurpup, Gothitelle, and Megalopony. To be honest, Gudra doesn't fit Shauna at all, nor is she worthy of using a pseudo legendary, but hey, Shauna is all about having cute Pokemon, so why not incorporate that for her team? In the anime, she was shown to have a Swirlix and Gothita in her party, and Megalopony seems to fit Shauna the most with its adorable design and raw power. For Tierno and Trevor, I don't know why Game Freak decided not to give them a starter Pokemon, but I'm going to fix that. When you go to Lumio City and receive a Kanto starter from Sycamore, Whichever starters you didn't pick goes to Tierno or Trevor, with Tierno choosing the stronger one and Trevor choosing the weaker one. For instance, if you choose Charmander, then Tierno gets Squirtle, while Trevor gets Bulbasaur. But what will happen if they choose Charmander? Which Mega will they use? Well, I think that can all depend on who the protagonist is. If you're playing as Callum, then they will use Mega Charizard X. For Serena, Mega Charizard Y. And because this is the enhanced version of X and Y, Sycamore will give you both Mega Stones for Charizard if you chose Charmander, Figure I point that out before continuing. Tierno's team, Mega Kanto starter with the type advantage, Diggersby, Ludicolo, Hitmontop, and Pseudo Wudo. I get that Tierno's gimmick that he wants to form a Pokemon dance team, but none of the Pokemon he used in X and Y look like dancers. Granted, they use moves with the word dance in it, like Swords Dance or Pedal Dance. The last four Pokemon I mentioned feel like the best fit for dancers. After all, he used Ludicolo and Hitmontop in the anime, so it makes sense. Trevor's team, Mega Kanto started with the type disadvantage, Raichu, Florges, Aerodactyl, and Castform. Same team from X and Y, but the addition of a Kanto starter and Castform. I just wanted to give Trevor a Pokemon that wasn't from Kanto, because he has enough of those as it is. Next up, Professor Sycamore. I always saw his cool idea about the regional professor, as this was something that I was playing since the very beginning. I'm of course talking about their move battle against Professor Oak in the Gen 1 games, which you can only achieve by performing a certain glitch or two. For Sycamore, I decided to change up his team by giving him Chandelure, Crobat, and Mega Garchomp. These are the same Pokemon he used in the demo for X and Y, except I replaced Dragonite with Garchomp to be more aligned with the anime. When you rebattle him in the post game, they'll use those three Pokemon I mentioned, along with the three fully evolved Kalos starters. I always found it peculiar how the Professor of Kalos didn't use any of the starters he gives to new trainers, so this is just a quick excuse to give him a full team. Now for Team Flare. All the admins and grunts will use the same Pokemon, so I don't want to waste time on that. As for Lysander, he'll have Male Pyroar, Honchkrow, Scrafty, Darmanitan, and Mega Gyarados. Mean Shout doesn't fit Lysander in my opinion, so I decided to replace it with Scrafty. I mean, half of his team are Dark types anyway if you count Mega Gyarados. Also, you would think that being the leader of a team called Team Flare means to have a few fire types in his disposal. Darmanitan is a fucking beast, and it fits Lysander's team perfectly. Now, onto the gym leaders. Our first gym leader is still the Bug-type user, Viola, and she'll use three Pokemon instead of two. Her team is Surskit, Spinneract, and Vivlian. Same team as before, but with Spinneract added. Since her gym puzzle is a giant spider web, it will make sense for her to use the OG spider Pokemon. 
One thing that I loved about in Pokemon Platinum is that you can challenge Mantina as soon as you reach Hard Home City without the formality of having four gym badges prior. Pokemon Z should do the same thing by having you face Lumio City's gym as soon as you reach the city for the first time. That's right, the second gym leader is the electric type user, Clement, and his team is Dedenne, Flaffy, and Heliolix. It felt a bit OP to give a Magneton and Emolga this early on, so Dedenne and Flaffy feel like the best replacements. Rant, who is a rock type user, will instead be the third gym leader. He'll use Onyx, Nosepass, and Tyrant. I thought it would be nice homage if Rand uses the aces of some of the past Rock-type gym leaders within the series. Onyx will represent Brock, while Nosepass represents Roxanne. Besides, Rand used Onyx in the anime, so it makes sense for a better connection. Also, I think Game Freak was being lazy by just giving Grant the two fossils introduced in Gen 6. Our elderly Grass-type user, Ramos, returns as the fourth gym leader. But wait, Eric! Where the hell is Karina? Patience, people. Patience. The Pokemon Ramos has are Jumplup, Executor, and Go-Goat. Executor is a better Pokemon with Chlorophyll than Weeping Bell, which is why I replaced it. Valerie, the first ever Fairy-type leader, returns as the fifth gym leader you face. Her team is Mawile, Togekiss, and Sylveon. As much as I like Mr. Mime, Togekiss seems to fit Valerie better, especially since Valerie has wings as part of her outfit, and Togekiss is part flying, so add two and two together. The true psychic of Kalos, aka Olympia, is the sixth leader. She'll use Sigilyph, Gallade, and Female Meowstic. Nothing personal against Sulking, but I think Gallade's dual typing of psychic and fighting can help deal with any dark types. Wolfric, the husky looking ice type user, is the seventh leader. Can be prepared with four Pokemon instead of three, which are Mamoswine, Walrein, Cryogonal, and Avalog. Walrein feels like an underrated ice type, and it fits Wolfric quite well. I know, it's criminal to replace a Bombasnow, but I'm saving that Pokemon for someone else. Besides, Mamotwine has the better typing when you really think about it. So wait, Eric, is Karina the last gym leader then? Actually, no. Just like in Pokemon Emerald, the 8th gym leader is a new character, but unlike Juan who specialized in water types like Wallace, the new gym leader I created will be a dark type specialist. Before Sword and Shield, all I ever wanted was to see a dark type gym leader be used in a Pokemon game. The closest thing we had before Piers was the Island Kahuna Nanu from Sun and Moon. Still, that didn't count for me. Kalos' dark type gym leader is named Shade, a graffiti artist who acts very egotistical and treats his challenges as if they were inferior to him. This edgy fucks team is Drapion, Absol, Mandibuzz, and Malamar. Drapion and Mandibuzz can handle any fairy and fighting types respectively. Absol is literally the perfect Pokemon for a dark type gym leader to own, which is why I didn't save him for your rivals team. And Malamar is pretty much the only new dark type added in Gen 6. Not much can be said about that. We finish up the gym leaders and head on over to the Elite Four. They'll still have four Pokemon on their team, but one team member will be replaced, sadly. First off, Sir Forgettable Wickstrom, who is a Steel type user. No joke, everyone fucking forgets about Wickstrom. Kind of sad, but it's true. His team is Klefki, Scizor, Bronzong, and Aegislash. I replaced Probo Pass with Bronzong because of its Levitate ability. And Probopass has a 4 times weakness to both ground and fighting. No question that Bronzong is the better choice. Up next, Malva, the lady with a heated personality. This time pun intended. Her team is Female Pyroar, Houndoom, Torkoal, and Talonflame. Malva uses Houndoom in the anime, so why not add that to her team? Sorry, Chandelure. Next, the wise and elegant Dragon-type user, Drasna. She'll use Drygalchi, Altaria, Haxorus, and Noivern. I don't mean to hate on Dratigan, but Haxorus is the superior non-pseudo-dragon type of Unova. 
Last and certainly not least, art enthusiast and water type user Seabolt. His team is Quawitzer, Sharpedo, Starmie, and Barbarical. It felt kind of lazy to give Seabolt two water types from Kanto, so I decided to replace his Gyarados with Sharpedo. Now onto the champion, and if you think Diantha is still the champion, think again. The new champion of Kalos is Karina. I thought it would be an interesting dynamic if the person who taught you Mega Evolution was also the champion, hence why I didn't put her as a gym leader. As a fighting type specialist, she'll obviously use a mono fighting type team, much like how Wallace used a mono water type team in Emerald. Karina's champion team is Halucha, Minshao, Hariyama, Pangoru, Machamp, and Mega Lucario. Minshao and Machamp are her evolved Minfu and Machoke, respectively. Hariyama is there to represent Gen 3. Pangoru is the only other fighting type introduced in Gen 6 besides Halucha. And of course, Mega Lucario continues to be her ace. Before the credits, we'll still get that battle with AC. Not much can be said there. Now for the post game. To start off, players can collect the remaining Zygarde cells to achieve Zygarde's completed form. Then there's also other legendaries to catch, such as the legendary birds, Mewtwo who carries spelled Megastones, and the two box art legendaries from X and Y, Xerneas and Yvaltal. Much like how players can catch Groudon and Kyogre in Emerald, as well as catching Dialga and Palkia in Platinum. Next up, the Looker missions. Yes, for as monotonous as they were, I'm keeping the Looker missions because they provide a sense of uniqueness. To keep things simple, all six Emma encounters will be the same. Next is the Battle Chateau, where we'll have the chance to rebattle the Gym Weirs. Wait a minute, Eric. You can already rebattle the Gym Weirs in X and Y. What's the difference? I'm glad you asked, hypothetical listener out there. This time, the Gym Weirs will have a Mega Evolved Pokemon in their arsenal, going by the order in which you face them. Viola, Pinsir, Clement, Ampharos, Grant, Aerodactyl, Ramos, Abomasnow, Valerie, Mawile, Olympia, Glade, Wolfric, Glalie, and Shade, Absol. Probably the biggest eye roll is giving Ramos Mega Abomasnow. When you really think about it, there's only three grass types that are capable of Mega Evolving, and two of them are starters, mind you, so I have no choice. Besides, Grass is Abomasnow's primary typing, so it makes sense in a way. While we're at it, the Elite Four members will also use a Mega Evolved Pokemon in their rematches. Wickstrom, Scizor, Malva, Houndoom, Drasna, Altaria, and Seabolt, Sharpedo. But here's something unique I came up with. A gym leader from another region makes a surprise visit to the Chateau. And that is Juan from Pokemon Emerald. I was flabbergasted to not see Juan return in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Then again, those games were remakes of the first Gen 3 games, so I understand why. Still, I want to see every character from Gen 3 redesigned in the Gen 6 art style, and I feel like the best way to do that is to make Juan be part of the Battle Chateau in Kalos. Juan is all about being elegant and shit, so it makes perfect sense. He'll use the same team used in Black 2 and White 2 during the World Tournament, which is Wishcash, Hauntail, Gorobus, Walrein, Crowdon, and Kingdra. I didn't think it was necessary to give Juan Omega since most of the other water types capable of Mega Evolving already belong to other trainers, nor do I think they fit Juan's character. Once you reach the title of Grand Duke or Duchess, you'll be given the privilege to battle the strongest trainer there, which is the former champion of Kalos, Diantha. She'll essentially beat the Red or Steven Stone battle of this game. Her team will be exactly the same from when you face her in X and Y. Halucha, Tyrantrum, Aurorus, Gorgice, Gudra, and Mega Gardevoir. However, the biggest addition I added was the return of the Battle Frontier from Emerald. X and Y tried to compensate by giving us the Battle Mason, except it failed. If anything, it made us miss the Battle Frontier even more. What's worse is that Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire teased the shit out of us with a potential Battle Frontier DLC, which we all know never happened, forcing us to stick with the Battle Mason in both games. In this game, however, 
the Bow Mason doesn't exist. Besides, I did say I want to see every character from Gen 3 redesigned. This is how I can see working out. While you're busy doing those boring-ass looker missions or increasing your title in the Battle Chateau, you'll meet Scott who'll tell you about the Battle Frontier and he'll take you there on his ferry or whatever. Hell, he can even give you one of the Hoenn Stars with a Mega Stone. He'll say some shit like, Oh, I got these Pokemon from my friend Professor Birch over at Hoenn. You can have one of them if you like. Sadly, I was only able to think of teams for their silver matches, so I'll leave the gold ones to your imaginations. Also, I'm giving the Frontier Brains 4 Pokemon each in case players decide to face him in double battles. Starting with Factory Head Nolan. Now, Nolan can use any Pokemon as long as it's not a mythical or important legendary, so we'll skip him. We'll actually start with Tower Tycoon Greta. Her team will be Heracross, Gengar, Braviary, and Mega Medicham. Heracross and Gengar are two of the Pokemon she uses in Emerald, while Medicham is there to represent the anime, except it can Mega Evolve. As for Braviary, I find it peculiar how someone with the word Tycoon in their title doesn't use a flying type. Besides, Braviary's color scheme matches Greta's clothes. Sort of. Next, Domace Tucker. His team is Charizard, Swampert, Gudra, and Mega Salamence. I like how Tucker's team is supposed to represent colors that make up purple. Charizard and Swampert not only represent red and blue respectively, but they're also from his silver team in Emerald. Same thing goes for Salamence. And Gudra's there because it's the only purple Pokemon I can think of Tucker having. Next up, Pike Queen Lucy. She'll use Seviper, Milotic, Superior, and Mega Steelix. This was an easy team to think of since Lucy uses Pokemon that are based off Serpents, with Superior being the new addition. Up next, Palace Maven Spencer. He'll use Trevenant, Slacking, Claydol, and Mega Audino. Spencer is one with nature, so it makes sense to give him a nature-based team. We have Trevenant to represent plant life and vegetation, Slacking to represent wildlife, Claydol to represent natural disasters, and Mega Audino for its healer ability, which could represent the remedies you find in nature. I hope I'm making sense. Anyway, Salon Maiden Annabelle is next. Her team is Alakazam, Snorlax, Ms. Magius, and Mega Metagross. I wanted Annabelle's team to be a mix of mental and physical strength. Alakazam and Snorlax are returning Pokemon from her silver team. Ms. Magius has a sort of witchcraft vibe, which can correlate with Annabelle's ability to communicate with Pokemon telepathically, and Metagross seems to fare her team better than Tucker. Even the anime agrees with that. Last but not least, Pyramid King Brandon. This was an easy one. Regirock, Registeel, Regice, and Regigigas. All four Regis from the first four generations. Yeah, it's a little strange that Brandon's the only Frontier Brain without a Mega Pokemon. Then again, Brandon has a team full of legendaries, so he doesn't need one. That's how strong he is. Of course, being the Frontier Brains means you'll earn Frontier Symbols and Battle Points, which you exchange for items and TMs. The best part is, you can face him numerous times and still earn a lot of points. God, talking about this really makes me want the Battle Frontier back so much. It's obvious that this game will never happen, because Game Freak has moved on from Gen 6, but it's nice to think about what would have happened if Game Freak went back to their trend of making enhanced versions of their titles. I had fun doing this episode and expressing my sort of fanfiction in a way, but let me know in the Discord server. What do you guys think of my hypothetical Pokemon Z? Was it what you were expecting? Were there certain things you could have done differently? Honestly, I'm curious to what you have to say. Thank you all for listening and take care.